This is Boomer in the Morning with Red and Ryan on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is Boomer in the Morning brought to you by Gray Wolf Golf Course. Be sure to book your tee times today. Tee sheets open. GrayWolfGolf.com. It is the number one public golf course in BC as voted on by Score Golf. Mountain golf. Nothing better. Uh, maybe fishing, some would say. And uh, speaking of people who would say that, uh, Stephen, Boomer's not here today and we're still 708 saying hi to you. I think there's a common theme here and it might not have been the host uh, after all. Yeah, hang on a second. Yeah, mm. it's, so it's it's not him. He's he's mm. not the problem. I think we've by process of elimination. Anyway, I'm I'm here. I got nowhere to he's, go. He's part of the problem. Maybe it's just the hosting <laughs> chair. It just comes with the responsibilities of the show to be yes, late for brunt. The, um, the one chair. There's always a fun trivia game I like for hockey fans. It's called yes. Hey, did you know there's an outdoor game this week? And everyone says no unless they're one of the two markets involved. <laughs> but you're in the market involved. There is an outdoor game in your Fair City this weekend. Tomorrow? Is that, is that correct? Is, is that right? I believe so. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm um, – I, 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 look, it'd be, I, I would be disingenuous to have said I, I don't know that because I, I have prepared some content uh, for this weekend, which I believe is going to – that's what we call it these days, right? I have created content. That's right. Yeah. Um, I believe it's going to run as part of Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow night. So uh, a little bit about, about Hamilton. And it's uh, star-crossed hockey history. Um, it probably won't be as vitriolic about the National Hockey League as people in Hamilton mostly feel, mm. but uh, but there'll be some allusions to the these going back to the sad the Hamilton Tigers of 1925 who uh, had the Stanley Cup pulled out from under them and then everything that's happened since. But it's a like it's a Hamilton's got a funny kind of hockey history. You know, it's right between these two markets. So those two, yeah, those two teams, the Leafs and the Sabers, are going to play here. Um, it was actually more originally a Detroit Red Wings town because of junior affiliation back in the day, the mm. Hamilton Red Wings. So a lot of a lot of guys who ended up playing for the Red Wings came through here, and uh, so there's still a lot of Detroit fans here, and you know there's mostly Leaf fans now. But of course, you know anybody who knows the the history of expansion and relocation in the NHL knows that you know Hamilton went out and built a rink in the '80s, then state of the art, and said, "Please give us a team." Um, and have been passed over ever since, probably because those two teams who have claimed territorial rights here uh, put the kibosh on it. Yeah. So it's interesting that we are celebrating the Leafs and the Sabres here on uh, Sunday afternoon. And and there was some good hockey played in Cops Coliseum, but it, what was it? There was a Canada Cup there, famously. Is that yes. Was that the pinnacle of hockey in that uh, now archaic, way too big building in Hamilton? Yeah, Gretzky did a Lemieux, right? That's, that's, that happened in Cops Coliseum, so... That's so there's that. Um, there's been a ton of junior hockey and AHL hockey. They won a Calder Cup here with Carey Price coming the right after he won the World Juniors that year, came and played for the Bulldogs at the, at the end of the season. They won, an, they won a Calder Cup. Uh, you know, before that, a couple of Memorial Cups in pre Cops Coliseum days. But yeah, there's always been a tenant there. And that, you know, and the building is kind of, you know, it's forever. What are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to upgrade it? Uh, you know, lots of great concerts there, lots of other things there. But, um, you know, I guess the closest in recent history they came was when Jim Balsley was going to 
bring the Arizona Coyotes here, but the league and its great wisdom mm-hmm. chose to keep them right where they are, and I think they were right. I think they were absolutely right. It's and been when they're playing in that thirty-five hundred seat building yeah. uh, next year. We'll mm-hmm. we'll know that. Well, I just think you you know the, the, there's only so much evidence mounting on one side. Like what a masterstroke it's been to keep that team in Glendale, and just really the collection mm-hmm. of winners they've rolled through the ownership there. It's it's I I think they absolutely nailed it. Now they did beat the Leafs last night, so there is that. So uh, and uh, so the Coyotes and they're playing they're, they're playing reasonably well right now. But yes, that that it's that's one of those. It's a weird blind spot. So Hamilton has this kind of grudge about the NHL historically, and. Um, I'm not sure that'll come through this weekend because, you know, a bunch of Leaf fans will pile in and watch a hockey game in a football stadium just like they did in the olden days. Not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, you know, the, I, it's 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 got a funny hockey. This place, there's like, you know, Pat Quinn's from here. Um, the Drydens are from here. The Nurses are from here. Harry Howell and uh, John Tonelli. And, you know, there's always been hockey here. But, you know, you have to dig down a little bit to kind of you know, a kind of find the history. It's not as obvious as it is in in Western Canada or in NHL towns, um, and it is. And again, there is this tinge of bitterness that goes with it, which perhaps is appropriate. Uh, I believe this will be a two o'clock Mountain Sunday game between the mm-hmm. Toronto Arenas uh, or the jerseys of the Toronto Arenas and the Buffalo Sabers. What is the venue going to be like for it? It is a newer football stadium in the CFL, and I think uh, for fans, this will be fun to travel. These are always great events to attend uh, and and you know party at maybe more than uh, I guess critique X's and O's. Are you going to be there? No, I'm not going to be there. No, are you kidding? Um, no, <laughs> I'm not going to be there. I'm going to sit outside and watch a yes! hockey game from distance. I love Why it. would I do that? Well, I guess you, I if it. if you could be in Dunedin at a cigar place, you'd prefer that. Maybe that's now an I'd option. Be, I'd rather be at home. I'd rather be home. I'd rather be a lot of play. I'd rather be in the movies. You know, like it. No, it, I won't be there. But it, the, the, the stadium's pretty good. It um, Tim Hortons Field is just fine. It is. Uh, you, it, people probably saw the soccer game here from not that long well, ago. Well, the Great Cup too, match. right? That's a lot. All Great of a Cup there. as well, and there'll be another Great Cup coming up. But this is full capacity on on Sunday, so it'll be a little. They'll get twenty five thousand people in there, and uh, you know, it's in a. It's it's, you know, the good and the bad of it is that it's in a rough and tumble part of town. You know, where the original Iberwind Stadium, Civic Stadium, was. So they they you know after much debate when they built that place, they ended up back right where they started. So it's kind of old Hamilton. You know, like the, a lot of Hamilton's not like old Hamilton anymore. Uh, it's full of people from Toronto, mm-hmm. but that neighborhood, you know, people park their cars. You you park on somebody's lawn, and uh, it's a it's a working class, very much a working class neighborhood. It's very much you know the what the the kind of stereotype of Hamilton is, and uh, you know it's and it's about you know three minutes from where Pat Quinn grew up. So you know, if you think it's the Hamilton, think of Pat Quinn. He's you know that's there's Mister Hamilton. And uh, the Sabres come in, uh, and, and Leafs come in both emotional for different reasons. The Sabres just beating Jack Eichel, who was very salty mm-hmm. post game last night. And uh, the Leafs, it's uh, Austin Matthews upset with officials, and people we've never heard of are now their best option in net, apparently. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure if Austin Matthews was more upset with the officials or with Peter Mrazek last night. Like, it, he may have taken it out on the officials at the end in overtime. And he's playing out of his mind, by the way. Like, I know, yeah, he's having a year. you know, people don't want to hear that, but he's the best player in hockey right now. And I don't say that lightly. Like I'm no, I'm no leaf suck, as you know. But um, he is 100 percent the best player. Non goalie, right I'll say. I, I'll push back. A yeah, little. Okay, yeah. I think he's the, yeah, he's the no, runner that, up for the for the heart if it's voted on today. I think Shostakin wins it. Yeah, right now, but 
But for I'm skaters, sure he's, he's there. Wait, wait till we get to the end of the year and see if Shesterkin wins it running away. I, I, I it's, it'll be it'll be very interesting. And obviously, Shesterkin's having the season for the ages. I get it. But you know, you know, Matthews is playing a complete game, dude. Like he's going to score, you know, fifty-five goals this season. Uh, but he's, you know, he does play, and he's just, you know, it, it, when a guy's kind of, um, you know, he's he's playing out of his mind right now, right? Like every shift, you notice him, and you know that's like the Leafs are kind of like when they fall behind by three goals they when and they have to go crazy all out to dig themselves out of the hole that their goaltender created they're fun to watch Mm -hmm. you know there's a they play desperate offensive hockey it's it's a hoot but my god like Mrazek was I I don't know if you've seen any of the the lowlights from last night people didn't watch the (laughs) game but like it wasn't just like they were bad goals like he was flopping all over the place (laughs) they were they were losing a stick yeah Yeah. that was a bad one (laughs) yeah No, people were running the Benny Hill music under it, right under the <laughs> under the highlights. That's how bad it was. So it's uh, so you know Jack Campbell is now has a mystery rib injury, which will keep him out at least two weeks, and he you know he's pretty much sucked um, the last month and a half, two yep. months. And Mrazek, you know, they're not paying him nothing. Like they, they're paying him what three and a half million dollars a year. They brought him in as a insurance policy as a one A, and you know he's brutal. And the guy and the guy who played came in last night is the fifth goalie they played this year. Uh, yeah. No one, it's you no, know, no one knew much about him. Calgren, uh, played okay. You know, some pucks hit him. Um, he didn't didn't flop around on his belly as much as Mrazek did. But man, oh man, yeah. There, there's this going to be a very interesting trade deadline because if you know if they're not panicked about the goaltending situation now, um, and they may have to encourage Jake Muzzin with his concussion to just not play the rest of the year, please. Cap just, space. We're, cap space right they yeah. keep saying they won't do that but if they don't do that i have no idea how they're going to fix this thing because you know they look they have a team that they they have forwards who could win a stanley cup but they do not have a, they, they can't they can't lock anything down right now mm-hmm. uh we we had shot a video on earlier today so we didn't lead with the baseball news because we've talked a bit about it but my goodness uh this was a very very difficult uh, 99 days to get somewhere that I think probably should have been a lot easier to get to, but we're here. Yeah, maybe. Like it's, it's. I think when you, as you kind of became, kind of understood what the the fight and how the two sides dug in it. Yeah, it wasn't going to be easy. Um, I think yesterday was pretty interesting. You know the way, uh, like I, I'm not sure how many times in the history of sports labor you've had a negotiating committee and executive committee recommend you know vote unanimously against the deal and then have the rank and file when asked vote you know overwhelmingly to approve a deal so that's you know that it, it, it was you know and and the the whole idea of the spot scott boris guys on that committee um and maybe scott boris pulling strings from behind the scenes and trying to push fight on about the competitive balance tax which is irrelevant to 99.9 percent of the players so a bit of a divide among the players in the last, you know, and may, you know again ownership may have stoked that a little bit. So first of all, between the Latin players and the non-Latin players over the international draft, which you know still hanging in the balance, and then you know yesterday this pretty clear divide between you know Boris clients and you know guys at the very top of the food chain, and then the rank and file guys who are going to benefit from this deal. Anybody mm-hmm. on a minimum salary is going to benefit from this deal. So a divided union, I would say, and we'll see how it comes out of this. Well, from a from a fan point of view, yeah, let's play baseball. Like you know, and especially from a Jays fan point of view, like this mm-hmm. this could be really fun. Um, you know, no guarantees, but like even the next seventy two hours, 
before the players have to report on Monday or Sunday. Like, I think stuff's going to happen. You know, that you're going to have this is this is like, you know, free agent frenzy trade deadline day in baseball all compressed into you know three or four days it's you know there's a lot of business is going to get done here and the jays have money to spend and they have uh they have some prospect capital they could deal and you know if talking to them right before the lockout and i know we had ben wagner on our show yesterday and who's in dunedin who's been hanging out around the team a lot you know their minor league complex he said the same thing right like these guys this kind you you can kind of tell when you deal with front office people in baseball when they have money to spend versus when they don't they, there's a different look you know and a different attitude i remember the year of the you know when alex anthopoulos was trying to get players to defer salary so they could sign irvin santana mm. like he didn't have that glow in his eyes because <laughs> he knew he didn't have any money to spend these guys have money to spend and uh i th- yeah they're they're, they're going to go out and get an infielder and they're going to go out and get another starting pitcher by the way ben wagner said nate pearson will break camp with the major league team one way or another yesterday. So, uh, barring, so they won't start injury. him at AAA is what you're really saying? Nope. Nope. They're telling him he's going to be on the major league roster, you know, either in the rotation or as a bulk guy. Interesting. And get, re- and get ready for it. So I thought that was actual news yesterday coming from camp. So, um, you know, look, but the Jays are going to be, you know, they were a game out of the playoffs last year. You, The expectation should be that they'll be in the expanded postseason this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the expectation should be that they're going to win 95 games, and then we'll see where they go. But, you know, look, I know stuff can go wrong, but this is a really good team. Uh, ben tweeted half an hour ago, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Jose Barrios, Nate Pearson, Jordan Romano, Danny Jansen, and others, all part of the players arriving today in Dunedin. Uh, like that, that, my, only worry, my only worry, Ryan, is that, you know, like the only thing we do is that, you know, that Vladdy shows up weighing 300 pounds. Please like, don't. Please, Steven. <laughs> That's the only one because we haven't you. seen him in a while. I'll cut you. you know, he was down in the Dominican, right? There was a, a video of him flipping tires and stuff, but we haven't actually seen him in quite some time. <laughs> I want to know so, where you know, Abuela is. Where's Grandma? Well, yeah. who, who's been feeding His him? Grandma might have got a hold of him. That's what I'm worried is that Grandma got a hold of him and said, "Forget about this stuff they're telling you. Go eat this big pile of goo." <laughs> Beans and the rice. National dish of the, Domin- the national kilograms. dish of the Dominican is, is a pile of goo because I've been there enough. I've eaten enough piles of goo. <laughs> Oh, uh, I didn't have that fear, and now you've instilled that right into my heart. Yep. I'm absolutely so. scared shirtless until I see the news <laughs> break or him in, a, him in uh, some sort of tight athletic gear. I'm freaking out now. Yes. So let's you know, let's hope he shows up today. We'll, there will be pictures. And, if yeah, if he looks good, then everybody can take a deep breath, and off we go. Um, like, that's, you know, like, the, like, there's not a lot to fret about with this team right now. And I know things will go wrong, but... You know, that's a really good rotation mm-hmm. right now. That they're going to add to, it sounds like, too, right? Well, this with the compressed season, you know, what like two of the things that came out yesterday with the New Deal, like they're gonna, there are going to be doubleheaders, extra doubleheaders to try and make up some of the time. Mm-hmm. And they're nine-inning doubleheaders, not seven innings. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna, you're going to chew up some pitchers this year. So, yeah, pitching depth is going to be a thing. So, yeah, you know, kind of know who the top four guys are right now and – maybe who the top five guys are right now, but you know, you're going to need seven, eight, nine, ten starters mm-hmm. uh, it, one way or another to get, to get through this thing. And you're going to need bullpen depth. So yeah, I don't think they're done. I don't, I don't think, I think, I think they'll, they'll bring in an, at least one more starter 
and I think I'm not sure they'll they'll go splashy in the bullpen with a Kenley Jansen, but I think bullpen depth is something you're going to see them address. Sure. Uh, the they, they, before the the lockout, they were tied to Freddie Freeman, which was a little bit curious. Um, yeah. Uh, because you know you look at his age, you look at the money he's owed, you look at their com- upcoming financial obligations with their young players, you look at where he plays. It wasn't a natural fit, but then there's. Uh, you know, the perfect fit sitting there in Cleveland, a trade that everyone uh, wants them to make. And even Shy this morning said, before they do anything else, they'll probably be checking in with uh, the Guardians or the Gladiators or the G-Men or whatever we're calling them uh, to make sure that deal can't get done before they move forward because it's such a nice fit. Tell us about uh, it is. a third baseman that, that everyone wants to see in blue and white. Third baseman, switch hitter, one of the best, compl- most complete players in baseball, uh, two more years on his deal, very affordable. Um, affordable enough that Cleveland can keep him, but you know maybe not be able to extend him. And yeah, he would be. He's 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 your dream date if you're the Jays, right? He just fits right in. But they're going to extract a huge price for him. So how far are you willing to go? Um, you know the Jays have a couple of prospects who you would think you know Gabriel Moreno and probably Aurelvis Martinez, who you would think are untouchable. And if they're untouchable, maybe you don't get him. So that's a, that's a really interesting decision if he's available. Um, you know, if you could extract them. Because I think, you know, Jays fans always go, well, you could send them Alejandro Kirk and Lourdes Gurriel and Jordan Groshans, and that'll do it. But, you know, Cleveland might not take that. So the other guy to watch is Cattell Marte in uh, Arizona. Okay. Because, yeah, not as flashy a name, uh, but would also be a really good fit, and you could probably get him for a little bit less. So maybe you know like still kind of keep an eye i don't think the freddie freeman thing makes any sense although you know to have that left-handed bat in the lineup would be awesome i'm just yeah. not sure they got a lot of first baseman well vlad's playing first um, are you gonna move him to third now it just feels like you finally got him a home no. and he's looked like he's comfy at that position i don't know why you bring in a first baseman and, and they've got so many guys that and the way that this front office thinks you, you you think they'd rotate through dh not get a dh right yeah i i don't i would think that too um yeah you know like i think a lot of I think a lot of teams make the call on Freddie Freeman, though, because they're all surprised that Atlanta didn't lock him up, hasn't locked him up yet. Hmm. So I think everybody's kind of made a call because he's such a great player. But I, it doesn't, unless he really wants to come to Toronto, um, you know, the deal, the issue seems to be that Atlanta won't give him a sixth year, that he's they've offered him five, they won't offer him six. So somebody else is going to have to offer him six years. It's a big commitment. I did, Yeah, he would, he would be great to have around, but it seems kind of extraneous to – demand you know to needs in uh, mm-hmm. with the jays i think they go another direction but you know I'd, like again maybe you shuffled there's a way that the deck would be shuffled that it would make sense i don't think you move vladdy you know vladdy you know not to overstate it but if you know again if he is fit and healthy i think he can win a gold glove at first base like i think he could be really good he i think he was really good last year so you know th- and at third base it's an adventure and i don't know i don't think you ever move him off first now why mess with the confidence? He's finally got a home, right? Yep. He's got his feet under him there. And Jose Ramirez, we never said his name. That's the third baseman in Cleveland that, that is the, yeah. the the dream boat, the, the apple of the, the Jays' eyes, apparently. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be really nice. Um, and, you know, and, you know, there is a time. Like, prospect stuff is interesting, right? Because, you, you know, most of us never see these guys except maybe in spring training. And we talk about them like we know what they are. And, you know, you kind of – clutch them close and say no we can never sacrifice these guys but you know some of them sometimes you have to number one and sometimes they don't pan out number two you know look at you know remember when the jays got drafted austin martin 
Yep. And, uh, you know, everybody said, boy, they unbelievable steal where they got him. And Best then player they, in the draft. Might have got him at four or five. Yeah, and, wow. And, yeah, and then the same. And we talked a lot about Simeon Woods Richardson, right, who came over in the Stroman deal. Like, boy, this guy is, you know, front front rotation, front of the rotation starter. Well, you know, Austin Martin, who in most prospect ratings was, you know, top five, is now, what, top 25? You know, a little, and no one's sure if he's ever going to hit for power. Mm -hmm. And no one's talking about Simeon Woods Richardson anymore. So those are the two guys they sent to Minnesota for Barrios. Um, you know, so you got to know your. The key is to know your guys better than other people know your guys. And, Which you uh, should be able to do. Yeah. You should, you know, and then to, you know, but there is also, there are also points in the kind of competitive arc of a team where even if a guy is a great prospect, it makes sense to move him to try and win now. And I think the Jays are like this, the window is open, right? This, no, no qualifiers this year. They're trying to win the World Series. They should do everything they can to try and win this season. 18 to 1, if people know what that means. Uh, uh, thank you for your time, Stephen. They can keep advertising with these people with the, the, all the odds. Right? <laughs> yes, please. Please, keep please do. It. Yes. Yeah, please. Keep please, please remember, please. train the kids. Uh, Get the kids. To train those kids. Be sure See to catch later, the Bob. highlights of that outdoor game, would you? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, 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 <laughs> believe me. Yeah, I'll, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't miss them. <laughs> That's ever. right. Never. See you later. Thanks, man. See ya. All right. There's Stephen Brunt. Love Stephen. Good stuff. Do I have it's a read here? Just like us, eh? Yeah, he does. I, I take great joy in that as well. Not just, yeah. Uh, and he is right. Like, he, he's a Leafs hater, and him pumping up Austin Matthews is not a function of where he lives in the world. It's that he's having a monster year. I think it's Shesterkin. I think it's uh, Austin Matthews, and I think it's one other player. Those are your finalists for the heart. And we'll see what plays out. If, if McDavid goes on one of those. You know, I'm going to put up 50 points in the final 20 games of the year type things, and they get in. He'll be in that conversation. Is it Dreisaitl? Does Johnny Gaudreau finish top one, two, three in the scoring race, and the Flames are the biggest surprise here? His name gets on the belt. Like, there's there's lots of good options out there for Hart, but I, I still think the goalie and Matthews are the ones that are they're there right now. I don't know, though. People don't like Toronto, so you can't say Austin Matthews. I can't. Toronto. It's hard, right? Uh, we'll come back, talk to Detroit Red Wings. Helen St. James of the Detroit Free Press will join us. Uh, Stevie Y has been making some moves. He's had some time there. They've got two legit Calder Trophy hopefuls and uh, some parts to sell at the deadline. They're an interesting team that comes into the Saddle Dome tomorrow for a rare Saturday 5 o'clock start. We'll get the skinny when we come back. It's Boomer in the morning for Grey Wolf Golf Course, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder and Rhett Warner on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Boomer in the Morning continues. No Boomer today. It's brought to you by Grey Wolf Golf Course. GreyWolfGolf.com. T-sheets open. Let's rock. Ryan Pinder downtown alongside Patty Dumas and Rhett Warner from his uh, lakeside estate. I wish it was oceanfront. I feel like uh, it'd be pricier, and you'd have a lot more fears about, uh, I don't know, alligators, things like that. You wouldn't be here, right? Not a lot of ocean, ocean here. Oceanfront alligators? I don't know about that. Okay. What well, are you talking about? I don't know. Sharks. Sharks, yeah, I like sure. sharks so much. They're you, tough to deal with. You'd be a Florida man oh, headline in no time. Yeah. <laughs> 
Florida man punching sharks and beating them up. I don't know. People continue to send in their Florida man stories. Uh, if you're not familiar, just type your birthday in and the words Florida and man. And uh, it's it's free entertainment. Uh, our next guest is uh, covering all things Detroit Red Wings for the Detroit Free Press. Helen St. James joins us. Helen, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Are you familiar with the Florida man exercise or no? Uh, I'm familiar with the Florida man concept. I yeah, don't know okay. that I want to dare to find out what the exercise is. Yeah, okay. Well, we don't need to say your birthday on the air, but I'm just going to throw in a random bit. Well, you know, today's March 11th, so we'll just March 11th, Florida man, and we'll just see what the headlines were that day. Florida man stands naked in his driveway, throws rocks at strangers. Okay, see, there it is. That's the first one. It's the first one. This is, well, that's a good one, too. That's that's. Uh... It's not boring. About some sort of man. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so people are sending those in all day. We will get uh, back to hockey. It's an incredibly busy stretch for the Calgary Flames. Eight games in 13 days to open March. Uh, they've somehow survived that schedule relatively well. And their next opponent is the Detroit Red Wings, who roll into the Dome tomorrow for a rare 5 o'clock local start on hockey night. Uh, just a thought on on where the Wings are at this year and maybe where you thought the Wings would be at this year because we've seen, I think, uh, a move from the bottom and the emergence of some young stars. Yeah, you know, it, it tells you how they've kind of stumbled lately that coming out of a 6-5 shootout loss to Minnesota is a step forward, but they really have been hurting over the past little stretch, and it's a bit surprising because they really – you know, this, there really was so much promise shown in the in the first half of the season and in into January and the early start of February. Even I mean, they were within six points of of a wild card spot. Now I think the eight teams in the East have been set since I don't know Thanksgiving or, or Christmas. Uh, we know who they're going to be, but um, you know, it it was a good, it was important that that's the conversation they were in instead of the conversation for you know best draft lottery odds, which is where they'd been at that time of year or the past two seasons. So, um, you know, they, 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 they certainly have, have uh, shown some progress this season. Primarily it comes down to, uh, you know, Moritz Seider and Lucas Raymond being in the lineup. Uh, I mean, they've just been amazing additions, but uh, there, there has been, it has been a, a, a much better season for them overall, even though their record over the last bit, little stretch doesn't show it. Okay, well, tell us about those two players, as I, I think they are going to get a lot of Calder love. They both, uh, they both might be finalists, excuse me. Uh, what do they look like, and what can Flames fans, uh, I guess, expect to see for, the, what, a decade to come in Wings jerseys? Yeah, it's interesting to me, you know, the, the whole conversation about Rookie of the Year. To me, it's, it's Moritz Seider, and, you know, I'm not sure uh, how there's any debate. He's 20 years old and just a superb defenseman. I mean, plays so physical too. You know, they were in, in Pittsburgh last month and he got in, in Sidney Crosby's face. I don't know how many rookies you're going to see do that. He's just, he's fearless and, and he's just, he's so strong. Now he, he really benefited from playing in, in the Swedish league last season. I mean, he was a defenseman of the year there. You know, he, he's been playing in men's leagues for, for three years so you're really seeing that even though he's only 20, you know, he, he has a maturity about him. And he's just, both him and Lucas Raymond, I mean, they, they never panic with the puck. I, I've been so impressed. Lucas Raymond is not a, a big guy, but he's just, he's not afraid to get hit. He's around the net and, you know, it just ha- has a knack for scoring. And the other guys we should, guy we should mention is uh, Jacob Rana. Uh, two goals and or three goals in two games. Uh, missed the first 56 games, recovering from shoulder surgery. 
Uh, it's tempting to speculate maybe they would have won uh, two or three more games if he had been in the lineup all sure. along. Yeah, no, no doubt. They, they haven't had a lot of good luck in uh, the draft lottery. You talked about them moving out of the draft lottery conversation and more into the, okay, looking for a wild card spot conversation. Uh, was it two years in a row where they finished dead last or, or and moved down, or was it just the one year? Because, you know, for as, as, as tough as it's been wins and losses, they still haven't picked in the top three. I see six overall Sider, four overall Raymond, six overall uh, Edvinson last draft, six overall Zadina. Like they have not had the lottery ball fortune, but Stevie Y still looks like he's under some gems here. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, in, in 2021, it was actually considered a win for them that they stayed where they were in, in the draft lottery. They didn't move down. You know, that's, that's, I mean, to, to me, it was what happened in, in, you know, 2020, they were, they were, when the league shut down, they were the only team mathematically eliminated from, from the playoffs and they had secured that they would finish in last place uh, the, the Tuesday before the league shut down. And, you know, then, then they end up uh, picking fourth, and the New York Rangers go from the playoff bubble to picking first overall. So I think that, um, you know, left, left some higher-ups in the organization seething. But Lucas Raymond, you know, uh, to draw a little bit of a, a threat, he, there was a fourth overall pick in 1983 that turned out to be a heck of a consolation prize for the team. And so far, Lucas Raymond has, has looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he'd be, you know, a front runner for uh, the rookie of the year if it wasn't for his teammate, Moritz Seider. So what are, what are the Wings looking at here? We're now uh, 10 days away from the deadline. There are some expiring contracts. Uh, there is, I believe, significant cap space to, to broker deals, to eat salary. What are you expecting Eiserman and company to do here? Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, you know, he, he kind of sent shockwaves through last year's deadline when he traded Anthony Mansa and got not just Rana, but a first-round pick from the Capitals, which he then turned around and used to draft Sebastian Cosa, um, you know, made a deal to move up in that draft. So this year, you know, I don't know that he's going to touch any of his regulars and of the, um, the pending UFAs. I mean, Nick Letty hasn't – he had a good game uh, against Minnesota, but he was – you know, just absolutely, I mean, atrocious against in the Arizona loss. Uh, I think if he moves him, it's to a team that, you know, Nick Lady has a pretty good history overall of being good on a, on a successful team. So to me, you know, an intriguing guy, Mark Stahl. Now I wrote today, I think he has more value staying with the team that then being moved. Um, he, he just, he's such a calm guy and, and he, He's a good veteran for guys like Cider to see, you know, how hard it is to be a good pro every single day. So Sam Gagne, you know, he's another type to me. I think he's more valuable than what you might. I mean, none, none of them are going to bring in a first round pick that's going to significantly alter the state of the rebuild. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, the more interesting thing is that maybe, yeah, he's kind of a conduit and in, in eats uh, some salary. Um, and, and as part of a three-way trade uh, that way, because he certainly, you know, and that's how he kind of got Mark Stahl, or is in 2020, the Rangers needed to shed some some salary, and um, and it's worked out terrifically, but that, you know, part of that deal was, was the Rangers needing to to tighten their budget. Sure. Um, you didn't mention Danny DeKaiser. He is hurt. What's the story there? He's 32. It's the last year. Uh, of a $5 million off-season deal. He was uh, famously signed as a college free agent that uh, I think played in the BC League before uh, Detroit inked him out of college. Uh, but is there is there much tread left on the tire? How has he looked? How healthy is he? Will he be healthy by the deadline? 
Yeah, that was uh, his birthday present. It was on on his 32nd birthday that they that they waved him. You know, they waved him last year as well. Uh, I mean, it was certainly uh, as expected. He cleared. He underwent major back surgery in 2019, and you know, just has never really then had the long layover, partly because of of COVID, of the pandemic. Um, with, with last season not starting till January, so. I think you know it's just more health than anything else. Um, I I don't see him being moved, and I don't you know I, I don't see him being re-signed. I think he's just unfortunately for him, um, you know, his, his health just he just hasn't been able to recover, uh, and he had a lot of hard miles on him. I mean, he was a shutdown guy and mm-hmm. one of their top workhouses workhorses for many seasons. So um, you know that's just kind of what happens sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. I, it'll be the Wings and Flames tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Kellen St. James from the Detroit Free Press joining us to talk about uh, the winged wheel. This division is an absolute nightmare, and I wonder if that affects how management makes decisions. Being okay to good is not going to be enough in the near term when you're in the same division as Florida, Tampa, Boston, and uh, Toronto, who's been very good in regular seasons the last half decade. Buffalo's improving. Ottawa's improving as well. Montreal went to the cup final last year. I don't know what to expect from them, but they have been good at junctures of late. How do the Wings view this spot to play in, in terms of this division, and and, and how does that affect their decision-making moving forward? Because it doesn't feel like good is going to be good enough. No, you know, but I think there it's important to remember you, you, you have to have some patience. I mean, Simon Edmondson has played really well in Sweden and, and you know, certainly is expected to, to come in and contend for a spot in the lineup next season. So, you know, little by little and, you know, but, but like we talked about earlier, they also have had no luck in the draft lottery. I mean, where's their number one overall pick, you know, to kind of jumpstart uh, or turbocharge the, the rebuild. I mean, They've been very fortunate with with Steve's picks. I mean, Moritz Seider and, and Lucas Raymond back to back have have you know been a phenomenal addition. But I think people just need to. I know nobody wants to hear it, but need to be a little bit more patient. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I remind people Steve Eisenman waited 14 years as a player to before he won his first Stanley Cup. And even you know with the 1989 draft when the Wings called Nicholas Lidstrom, Sergei Fedorov, and Vladimir Konstantinov. You know, they came over. It was still several more years before they were championship, you know, a championship team. So I just don't think they're. And this was back, you know, when there weren't 32 teams in the league. It just sure. it takes time, and you know, and you see teams hold on to their own best free agents. I mean, it's just I think it's it's a lot harder than it used to be, and you need to draft well, and then you know, hope hope that they develop. Uh, it's been a few years removed from his departure, but but how was uh, the the Ken Holland era viewed? I mean, you you talk about sustained success, playoffs for a quarter century in a row, that that's unprecedented, that's legendary stuff. But then there's also there's still some dead money, and why is this guy on payroll type stuff going on with some of his signings as well? Abdul Kader's making a ton of dough on buyout. Franz Nielsen still getting paid to not play hockey. How 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 do you look back at his legacy? Because there's a bit of everything there now. Yeah, you know, it's easy to look back and, and second guess. And, you know, certainly in, in 2016, that was the year, that was the summer when Powell Datsuk left with a year to go on his contract. And, you know, you still have um, Henrik Sederberg and Nicholas Cronwall on the team. And, you know, thinking, okay, you know, can, can there be one more cup run squeezed out? And so he made a deal with Arizona 
uh, moved back in the draft. They did get Philip Hronig out of that deal as well, but Dennis Chalowski, you know, it, they exposed him on waivers to Seattle. That kind of tells you where how little they thought of him at, at that after a few years. So, you know, I, I think, I mean, he also did draft Dylan Larkin and, and Tyler Bertuzzi, who are key parts of the rebuild. So, I think, you know, you just have to look back and understand, like, it it mattered for them to make the playoffs, and there were such high expectations. And, you know, there's still such high expectations. I mean, I regularly get emails from people like, when are they going to make the playoffs? When are they going to be back? And I just look like, look look around at Detroit sports. I mean, Detroit Lions have won one playoff game in, you know, a hundred years, half a century or something like it's just, they set such an incredibly high standard for themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Ken Holland, I mean, yeah, you know, people kind of soured on him, but it's easy. It's easy to second guess. And certainly some of the contracts have turned out to, you know, be stinkers, but he also, you know, held, a, I mean, put together some incredibly competitive teams. So I think, you, you know, you just have to look at, at the balance sheet and of, of of how competitive they ultimately were for most of the years under him. No, you make a good point too. When you've got that streak alive, that means a lot. And if you have to make a decision that helps short term and hurts long term, I think you easily justified and it is the right thing to do. And that that was the spot he was in, and for uh, I think probably what the last three, four, five years there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I mean, when Nicholas Litstrom retired in 2012. They were never going to replace him, you know. You can't just replace him, and and the organization. I mean, that's why you know when when people ask why why hasn't Jeff Blashill been fired? It's like, well, higher ups in the organization knew they were going to be in for some rough times again, um, you know. It, like this, that's that's how it goes. And um, and Steve Eisenman knows that it again. It, it takes it takes time, you know. And you have to get lucky, and things have to go right, and. You know, to tie it back to what you said at the start, you have to be healthy, right? You, the Flames are playing a, a bunch of games. A lot of teams are. Um, you know, who's going to be healthy when the playoffs begin? I mean, there, there's so much that that that, uh, that plays into it. Helen, thanks so much for your time. Do appreciate it. Enjoy tomorrow's contest and uh, enjoy these kids. It looks like uh, we can't wait to set our eyes on Cider and – uh, Raymond and some of these other good young players. It should be uh, some fun times coming up. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks very much. There's Helen St. James of the Detroit Free Press joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Yeah, Helen references the trade back to eat the final bit of money on Datsik's deal. They do select Dennis Chalowski later in the first round uh, doing a pick swap with Arizona. Patrick Dumont, do you remember who Arizona selected with what was originally the Wings selection. Well, he scored two last night, and he's a defenseman. It was the Chick Dog. Chick Dog a little better than Chalowski, but, I mean, he got picked higher, and they needed to get rid of that money. I I don't uh, think there's a lot of boo on Ken Holland for what he did there. There was clearly a a very, very well-stated priority of continue to win now at almost all costs because this is one of the most legendary runs of all time. And as she reminds us, yeah, the other teams weren't good either.
Yeah, might have two Calder finalists. We'll see. It is six of seven. They've lost, uh, as Helen noted, a 6-5 shootout loss last night. Uh, they had a 4-2 lead. They blew there. They lost 9-2 to Arizona. I was checkering again. Just a few nights ago, you had two goals in that one as well. And Florida got them 6-2 the game before. So if you're doing the math there, that's 21 goals allowed the last three games, albeit one of them a shootout winner. They're going to have to tighten up against a Flames club that has feasted at home of late. Uh, I believe the, the record in their last 15 home games, I did write it down up here, 12-2-1. Is that it? Just? That's pretty tidy, huh? 13-1-1. Sorry. Yeah, that sounds better. Their last 15 at home. Lookout wings. Uh, should be fun tomorrow, 5 o'clock start. And for the Flames, tight turn. They're off to Colorado on Sunday. So they'll depart Calgary late Saturday, that nightmarish uh, haul from Denver Airport to a hotel. And uh, I don't. I think it'll be a very optional game day skate on Sunday, Patty. They'll, they'll probably just say, you know what, stay in your rooms, boys. Uh, let's meet in the old conference hall. Watch some video. Yeah. We'll go buy some Russell Wilson jerseys somewhere, and then let's get ready to wrap this hellacious stretch. Eight games in 13 days and five games in a week. Monday to Sunday, five. So far, they've played three. That's pretty good. And two out of three victories, not bad at all. Uh, We'll come back. Flames have been incredibly lucky. I'll tell you why. Sports at 960 The Fan.